know John pretty well. Smart man. He taught me a lot. I mean, he was two years younger than me, but he taught me a lot of my life. I think he got a real raw deal. So through all that time, I mean, uh, became friends and uh, stayed in contact, uh, you know, on a, on a regular basis. He's just a good kid all the way around. I guess he's not a kid anymore, but it doesn't matter if you're 60, I'll probably still call you a kid. <laughs> I'm willing to do whatever it takes, you know, to uh, prove my cousin's innocence, you know what I mean? He hips me to think, while I'm out here in the free world, he's locked up, he, he lets me know a lot of things that I don't even realize, you know, just from what he can watch on TV and books and magazines and papers that he reads. I mean, he's a real smart guy. I mean, he could probably be his own attorney if he wanted to. But... And then you can ask him questions that you're sure he won't know the answer to, and it seems like he always knows the answer. I'm not quite sure how, but he seems to be able to do that. So, I know he was doing some drugs back then, but... John is the same way, you know. They painted a picture. These uh, detectives, cops, prosecutors, they, it wasn't even about whether you're innocent or guilty. They just chose what they wanted, make you guilty, and rolled with it, and did whatever they could to, to make that story come true. They believed in liars. They, they hid evidence, suppressed evidence. They all kinds of stuff, which just made documentaries that were false, that didn't have all the facts right. There's so much, so much here that it needs to be exposed. And John's, he's got it all out on with the internet. I mean, this guy right there, he, he's got so many ideas and he knows so much already about it. He's in prison. That's the crazy thing about it. He knows a lot of stuff about it. He can only know, learn so much because, you know, he's limited to his resources, limited to what he can learn. But, I mean, he thirsts for this knowledge. He, he's got a lot of knowledge in his head already. And, 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 Hello, this is a prepaid debit call from John Kehoe, an inmate at the Michigan Department of Corrections, Muskegon Correctional Facility.
For 20 years, I was silenced by the concrete walls and razor wire that surrounds me. And for 20 years, the media ran with a one-sided version of this case, a version that is full of distorted evidence and outright lies. They gave you sensational headlines, but me, I'm giving you the truth. Prosecutor Kelsey dug into his bag of dirty tricks and the media was there to assist him. In a rural county like Calhoun, the local newspaper has enormous influence over the community. Publishing a one-sided hatchet job the day before jury selection began was a guaranteed way to stack the deck against me. Before my trial even started, almost every juror walked into that courtroom admitting they thought I was guilty. I was being forced to prove I was innocent. But who are we kidding? That's how the American justice system really works. This is Creating a Cannibal, Episode 3, All Rise, The Trial Begins. On the morning of March 20th of 1997, the attention of an entire state was focused on a small county courthouse, located in Battle Creek, Michigan. The two-and-a-half-year investigation of Rose Larner's mysterious disappearance, was finally culminating in the trial of her accused killer, John Ortiz Kehoe. The case was assigned to Circuit Court Judge Stephen B. Miller, and his cramped courtroom was quickly filled with family members and friends of both the victim and the defendant. Adding a circus-like atmosphere to the trial, a throng of onlookers and reporters also jostled their way inside, to observe and cover the show. The prosecution presented its opening statement first. Judge Miller quieted the courtroom, and Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey addressed the jury. He began by admitting that investigators were unable to solve the case of Ms. Larner's disappearance, and he was only able to seek a conviction because Bill Brown came forward and agreed to cooperate. Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey then outlined his case against John, and he promised to provide proof of every necessary element to find John guilty of first-degree premeditated murder. According to the prosecutor, investigators had found the evidence proving John's guilt, and that evidence was located as a direct result of Bill Brown's cooperation. Thus, before a single witness took the stand, the jury was led to believe they could trust Bill Brown's story, because assistant prosecutor Kelsey assured them, that Bill Brown was telling the truth. Following the prosecution's opening statement, the defense was allowed to address the jury. Attorney Jerome Sabota opened by declaring, that the prosecution's entire case hinged on the credibility of Bill Brown, and Bill Brown could not be trusted. Sabota also informed the jury, that Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey must prove that John Ortiz Kehoe, was solely responsible for the death of Ms. Larner beyond a reasonable doubt. If the jury thought there was a possibility, that perhaps Bill Brown committed the crime, then the jury was required by law to find John not guilty. Immediately after the prosecution, and the defense were both finished presenting their opening statements to the jury, Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey called his first witness to the stand. It was Ms. Larner's mother, Rose Markey. Ms. Markey testified, that she talked to her daughter for the last time, on December 7, 1993, and on December 9, Ms. Markey said she filed a missing persons report with the Lansing Police Department. 
The prosecution continued with its second witness, Keith Bata, who said he was Ms. Larner's boyfriend at the time of her disappearance. Mr. Bata stated that he and Ms. Larner planned a date for the night of December 6, but Ms. Larner never showed up. The prosecution then called Lansing Police Detective John Cotty to the stand. Detective Cotty said, he was assigned as lead detective in the missing persons case of Ms. Larner, and he admitted that he never solved the case but he considered Bill Brown and John Ortiz Kehoe, to be the two main suspects responsible for her disappearance. Lansing Police Detective Lucius Hayward was called to the witness stand as well. Detective Hayward testified, that he interviewed Bill Brown and John Ortiz Kehoe, and Bill Brown seemed to be afraid of something. Detective Hayward also told the jury that Bill Brown blamed Ms. Larner's disappearance on a man named Abraham Garza, and John refused to point the finger at anyone. Next up for the prosecution, was Michigan State Detective Don Brooks. Detective Brooks stated, that the first time he interviewed Bill Brown, Bill Brown blamed Ms. Larner's disappearance on a pimp from Flint, Michigan. Detective Brooks acknowledged, that he was surprised when Ingham County Prosecutor Donald Martin called him, and said that Bill Brown was in his office, and had confessed to being part of the cover-up of Ms. Larner's murder. Detective Brooks boasted, that five months after the warrant was issued for John Ortiz Kehoe's arrest, he tracked John down and eventually captured him in Mexico. Yet, the detective was forced to admit, that the investigation into what actually happened to Ms. Larner, ultimately took a backseat to the fugitive investigation of capturing John. Following Detective Brooks, the mother of John's son, Tara Dodge, was called to the witness stand. Tara Dodge testified, that when she and John were together, Ms. Larner was causing problems in their relationship. Although, she clarified that Ms. Larner was no more of a problem than any of the other women John was seeing. Tara Dodge further stated, that John never told her anything about what happened to Ms. Larner, and when she told John that the police were looking for him, John said, Fuck them. The real show however, began when the prosecution's star witness, Bill Brown took the stand, and unveiled his morbid tale. The prosecution was laying the foundation for its case, as well as priming the jury for the testimony of its star witness, by vouching for Bill Brown. That has an awful strong impact on the jury. It's also highly unethical and completely unconstitutional. A special duty is placed upon a prosecutor. It's the prosecutor's responsibility to seek truth in order to ensure that justice is served. Their job is not to convict someone, anyone, in order to close a case. But when I walked into that courtroom on the first day of my trial, and I looked into all of those eyes glaring back at me filled with hate, I knew justice wasn't being sought. The mob wanted blood, and the prosecutor was going to give it to him. Next time, on episode 4, star witness on the stand. On the third day of John's trial, the prosecution called on its star witness. Bill Brown testified that he, John Ortiz Shelley Wood, drove in a white Chevy pickup truck. Brown admitted that he was hoping to have sex with Ms. Wood. John and Ms. Wood dropped Bill Brown off at his parents' home in Lansing. When they arrived at the house, Rose Larner was standing on the front porch. Ms. Larner was furious and she began screaming profanity. Ms. Larner begged him to page John Ortiz. He was only convinced John to return if she would have sex with him. Assistant too. prosecutor Kelsey tried to coach Bill Brown. This was when Bill Brown's story. A very dark turn. Thank you for listening to Creating a Cannibal, an MRI production. Make sure you follow me on social media.
check out my blogs for a more in-depth look at how I was framed. Creating a Cannibal is a podcast produced under Emerald Productions. Gerardo G. Gonzalez Jr., Robert D. Tab, and Lucas Sampson are editorial advisors. Emerald Santos, our executive producer and the one who mixed our show. Our theme music are Shot Me Down, composed by Audio Binger, and Freedom Drops, composed by Ari De Niro. Our website is creatingacannibal.wordpress.com. Special thanks to Mr. John Ortiz Kiho for sharing his side of story. Also visit John's blog website where you can see documents from the case. John Ortiz-Kiho.blogspot.com.